We thought the Premier League title race was done and dusted a few months ago, but sports has a delightful habit of producing unexpected twists and turns. Liverpool have hauled themselves off the canvas, and it's wide-eyed Manchester City who are now wondering just what they have to do to finally knock them out once and for all. I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is Football Only Better. I have a knockout duo with me today. First of all, my regular wingman Mark O'Hare is refreshed and bright-eyed after the international break. Uh, Mark, both Manchester City and Liverpool have just nine games to go of this Premier League season. City are a point ahead. They meet at the Etihad next weekend, which is all very exciting. If we look at the Betfair exchange right now in terms of the winner market for the Premier League, City, the 1.56 favourites. Liverpool, 2.82. What's your assessment of where we're at right now? Good question. Um, just delighted as a neutral to be in this position. Uh, it looked like we weren't going to have a Premier League title race for, for quite some time. So thankfully, City have dropped a few points and Liverpool have been relentless in their pursuit, really. So, yeah, really excited about next weekend and the matchup that uh, lies ahead. Um yeah, I wouldn't be back in City at those prices. Uh, I know they've got the point advantage. They've also got home advantage against Liverpool as well. And if you look at the match prices on the Betfair Exchange, uh, ahead of that match at the Etihad, City are around, I think, 2.1. Uh, now, if the market thought these two teams were rated equal, you'd probably expect City to be around 2.25, 2.3. So already the market believes City are the strongest suit. Um, so therefore, City are going to be uh, a shorter price outright, you know, adding in obviously their point advantage as well. So, um, but ultimately, I don't think there's a huge amount between the two teams. And I'd say they're very close to being evenly matched. And I think Liverpool in the past have showed to be a bit of a kryptonite really for City. Um, I think Klopp has had Pep's number a few times really. And I think the way in which they play their ma play their football uh, can cause City problems. The, the issue really is, it's not just down to, to next weekend. Uh, there's a live possibility that the match could be a bit of a damp squib. It could end in uh, a pretty sort of low scoring tentative draw. Uh, I don't think it will, but that is a potential. We've seen it in the past in these big matches. They failed to disappoint, failed to, failed to excite really. And uh, I think the bigger picture really is that Liverpool have got a, a much more difficult sort of run in from here and they should in theory and they will be strong favourites to, to win these matches but they've still got to play Spurs and United at home Wolves is never an easy match either You've got a tricky away game at Villa um, and then yeah, there's, there's other matches too but City this is basically City's hardest match um, by a long stretch the, the, the rest of their running is is relatively relatively serene so um, you know if I had to have a bet I would be with Liverpool but uh, I think the odds are probably just about right if not slightly too much in favour of City but um, you know it's it's delicately poised to so just hope both teams get the results required this weekend so you know enter into to next weekend of everything to play for and, and hope that it's a, a fantastic match odds compiler and betting expert mark stinchcombe the master of the sustainable edge is with us once again stinch liverpool could go top of the table albeit briefly on saturday lunchtime because they've got watford before city go to burnley liverpool firm favorites to beat the hornets and given the season that watford are having that's entirely understandable yeah, uh, one to ten on the sports book as a, as I'm looking now. Watford as big as nineteen to one. Just regarding the the title race, given Liverpool two point eight on the exchange, and the, as Mark says, with the the harder set of fixtures, 
think there's nothing wrong in saying the, the prices are correct. But if you did want to side with Liverpool, I think the better bet is probably to back them to win at City. I think there's a, an element of thought that they might need to win that game in order to win the league. And they're 3.7 to win at City, which is obviously nearly a unit bigger than that 2.8. And obviously, if they win that, you know your bet's won. You've not got to wait another eight games to see how they will play out. And obviously, the, the fixture schedule is uh, very tight with the other competitions thrown in there as well. So if you want to get with Liverpool, I would probably recommend you you bat them to win at City or you could or you could always do draw no bet at a, at you know something like sort of six to four or something like that which again is not too far away from um, them to win the league and even if finishing a draw you get your money back whereas if they didn't go on and win the league obviously you'd, you'd lose your money there so that's probably probably a better way if you want to try and side with Liverpool I mean in this game uh, given the fact that Liverpool are 1-10, to 10, I'm not going to try and argue too much uh, with, with the odds. I think we know how the game is likely to play out. Liverpool obviously very good offensively on, on the underlying numbers. Defensively not giving up too much either. And we, we don't have obviously a full season of Roy Hodgson, but we know how he, he tends to play, which is uh, defensive and try and keep things tight and try and look to nick something at the other end. So yeah, I'm not going to argue that the, the odds are wrong. I thought... What looked like quite a good bet was um, Liverpool to to win to nil at four to five. Um, look across recently, Liverpool have kept clean sheets in nine of their last twelve in all competitions, and then you actually look in the Premier League and at Anfield, they've kept a clean sheet in seven of their last nine home matches. So sort of further back, and obviously um, the the previous stat included uh, cup competitions where you know where they sort of rotate players a little bit more. Um, you can actually just back Liverpool to keep a clean sheet at four to five, which is the same price as Winter Nil. So if it actually in the event it finished nil nil, you you'd still uh, make money. So you literally could just sit back and and not have to worry if Liverpool don't score. Um, it would just be a case of uh, Watford not scoring. You look at Watford under Hodgson uh, away from home. They failed to score in four of their six away games, and the expected goals generated on average is 0.89, which sounds it doesn't actually sound that bad. I know it's less than one, but you know that's not actually that bad a return but if you look when they played against reasonable sides in in United West Ham and Wolves the expected goals there across those three games per game drops to 0.43 which if you kind of use that as sort of a a driver for the odds here you'd be looking at around about 8 to 15 for them not to score and the current odds have got Watford in for a 0.6 expected goals so given the fact that Liverpool are better than United West Ham and Wolves the fact that the expected goals Watford are in for this game is is a lot higher than that 0.43 just think here again the the clean sheet makes sense especially given the fact that both teams to score no is four to seven. Well, if somebody's not scoring, we're probably likely to think it's Watford. So arguably you're increasing that both teams to score no from four to seven to four to five. Uh, Another bet that jumped off the page, actually, very juicy price, um, was looking in the assist market. I think it's likely that Liverpool won't be uh, with Trent Alexander-Arnold on Saturday lunchtime. So I think Joe Gomez is likely to step into that right-back position. He's 11-1 to 1 for an assist. Now, I know he doesn't play in the same style as Alexander-Arnold in terms of his delivery, etc. But obviously, he's playing in the same position. So, he's likely to get himself quite advanced. I think if uh, he saw the game against Nottingham Forest, he got himself forward quite a few times and actually had a few shots in the end. Um, but he's 11-1 to 1 for an assist on Saturday. And when you consider that Andy Robertson on the other side is 17-10, to 10, that's a, a very huge discrepancy. And I don't yeah. all of a sudden think Liverpool are going to change their 
style of play that they don't use that right-hand side. So yeah, Gomez will get opportunities when he's high up the pitch. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a, you know, a worldy cross or whatever. It could just be a ball into the feet of one of the front three who turn and shoot. So given the fact that Liverpool are, are in for around about three goals this, this Saturday, I think there's ample opportunity that Joe Gomez could be um, on the... Uh, on the end of uh, some of these key passes. Mark, just a quick question on Manchester City going to Burnley. It's a bit more of a generic one. They City are 1.24 to win the game. The temptation is always to think that a trip to Turf Moor is tough. That's one of the staples of English football, like it's a trip to Mordor or something like that. But actually, if you look since the start of February, they've lost at home to Leicester, lost at home to Chelsea, lost at home to Liverpool, didn't score in any of those games. They drew with Manchester United, admittedly, and they beat Spurs. But it's hard, isn't it, to actually work out where the real level is for Burnley this season? Yeah, I mean, traditionally they've they've gotten the, the good results against the teams in and around them at the bottom and that's what's been able to sort of parachute them towards safety. But that's not been the case this year and they've only won three Premier League games all season, which is you know, pretty disastrous considering we're about to enter April. So, um, yeah, goals have been an issue for Burnley all season. I don't think they've... They may have scored just once against the top four uh, all season, which is... Yeah, playing catch-up really. Um, the game against Tottenham, which they did win, uh, I wouldn't say it's fortuitous. That's probably a little bit too harsh, but there was, you know, it was very, you know, it wasn't a convincing win, put it that way. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult. How are they going to trouble Man City? Um, probably you'd say through set pieces or dead ball situations. But um, I think in reality, if you look through the, the head-to-heads between City, City almost always, well, they do against any opposition, but just monopolise possession, dominate territory and just give them very little breathing space to get out and actually win those corners or, or win those free kicks in promising areas. So Bernie's ability to actually open them up is, is limited and you know who's going to sort of uh, run in behind and cause problems through counter-attacks and transitions. You know, there's, you're looking at very few candidates there. So yeah, it's going to be very difficult and I, I think a, a routine City win to nil is probably on the cards. Now, we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet, so Betfair is now offering no cash-out suspensions on match odds, over-under and goal markets on the sportsbook, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. It's the Harry Maguire derby on Saturday evening as Manchester United face Leicester City. Uh, On Maguire, I was at Wembley on Tuesday. The booing seemed to me, at least, to be restricted to his name being read out as part of the lineup. So I don't think he was booed that much during the game from what I could work out. But booing your own players is dumb. So I'll hope that that is cut out going forward. And Gareth Southgate, very strong on that, I thought, after that game against Ivory Coast. Stinch, United 1.56 favourites here. Leicester's recent away record in the league is atrocious. Is it that simple or do we think that price is a little bit skinny? Yeah, I think this United price is, is too skinny, to be honest. I'm happy to oppose them. Um, oppose them uh, in the last time at Old Trafford uh, when they beat Spurs 3-2. And oppose them around about 2.1 and they went off 2.3. So I kind of feel as though I got the value. I just didn't get the result. So I'm, I'm happy to do the same again. Um, Ranić's only won six of his twelve home games across all competitions, and I do think there's an element of trepidation from these United players when they play at home. I think we all know of their very good uh, unbeaten away record domestically, but I think at home they they have this. I think they struggle with the pressure a little bit. And you look at some of the the failures at home under Ranić, um, four to eleven at home to Watford. 
four to seven against Southampton, two to seven against Middlesbrough in the FA Cup, four to six against Wolves, and four to six against Young Boys, and they failed to win any of those. So I, I think it's very difficult to have. You know, I mean, United are shorter than one to two on the sports book, which is shorter than again they were against Southampton, Wolves, and Young Boys. So I can't really have that to be honest. And also, I think Leicester. As bad as they, they've been this season, I think there are some mitigating circumstances, mainly their, their, their huge injury crisis. But I do think they enjoy playing this United side. And I mean, they're unbeaten in their last four meetings and they've scored 11 goals and won three of them. So, that, you know, they're averaging nearly three goals against them. And remember, we remember the game at, uh, at the reverse fixture earlier this season where United just absolutely capitulated. I think Maguire might have been at fault for uh, one or two of the goals. Yeah, he had um, a poor game. Yeah, he did yeah. have a poor game. Um, so, yeah, I just think uh, this Leicester side, they should be licking their lips, really, at, at the visit to, to Old Trafford. There, there might be one caveat when they when Leicester played away at Arsenal recently, they did rotate quite a lot looking ahead to the European second leg. But considering that's not this is game is being played on Saturday and they won't be playing until Thursday, I would like to think they won't play the the second string. Essentially, uh, Jamie Vardy might be back as well. Um, if not, I think he'd always be be a threat off the bench. So yeah, I just think this United United price is too short. I mean, fully fully expect them to to score two or three against this this Leicester defence, given the way it's performed this season. But with two weeks off, Rodgers might have got back a few of his players, and yeah, just I just can't trust this United team to be cohesive enough um, in order to click to to score and ultimately dominate the game for long enough periods to keep Leicester at bay. Yeah, Mark, this is a really interesting one, isn't it? Because what I'm always intrigued by is how betters like you and Stinch adapt as the season goes on because the narrative about Leicester, quite rightly, because you look you look with your eyes and you look at the data and hopeless defensively for, for pretty much all of the season. Fafana was out, obviously now he's back, but he was out for you know, pretty much the whole season soon. Jews really, really struggled in terms of his confidence. I think a lot of that comes from the Euros in the summer. But it's really important, isn't it, once you've got an idea of a team, that if then things change and, say, a team starts to improve in a certain way or if it goes the other way and a team that you thought was pretty good going forward starts to really flounder, it's important to kind of be adaptable, isn't it? Yeah, adaptable is exactly the right word. You have to tweak your ratings constantly, really. And I think Leicester are a fascinating case study in that regard because everything we've seen before us suggests that they're a bottom half team at best. Uh, we've talked about their defensive issues throughout the season, uh, not just uh, in terms of open play, but also from set pieces as well. But individually, they're, they're a quality team. And uh, certainly having Fafana back, he played that game against Wren. Uh, so he's got sort of 90 minutes in his legs. Uh, Evans is back as well, which is a massive boost as well. So just having those two in that defence instead of the likes of Sunchu or Amate or someone else um, immediately improves them. Vardy coming back into the fold immediately improves them. And I think actually, if you look at their sort of first 11, what you'd expect to be in there coming into this weekend, I believe, I think indeed he's probably the only confirmed absentee. So they have to be treated differently to where they were probably in sort of October, November time when they're in the heart of that sort of massive injury crisis, which robbed them of so many players. They were still able to feel quite competitive 11s, but the squad is very, very strong. When they've got their best players available, they are a force to be reckoned with. So, yes, you know, you sort of take that caveat of 
um, defensive issues, but I think individually they are going to be stronger this weekend. I think it's a real opportunity. I completely agree with Stinch that they're, they're there to me on the handicap, one of the better bets in the Premier League this weekend. You can back them with a plus one and a one and a quarter goal start on the Asian handicap at a reasonable price, which means even if they lose, you're still making you know, lose by one goal, you're still making a half stakes profit, which is always quite appealing. Um, but yeah, going forward, uh, we'd expect better things from Leicester. And I think the beauty of actually about this game going into the match at Old Trafford as well, since men- mentioned the European commitments, but Coming off an international break, I assume Rodgers would want his players to get a bit of the rhythm back into the team and, and actually play a strong team this week. I think the time for resting and rotating will be between uh, the first leg and the second leg. So next weekend, potentially, that's one to sort of possibly leave Leicester alone with. But certainly this weekend, I expect them to go strong and give United a really good game as well. Worth bearing in mind that our fantastic multiples offer is running every day. Bet £10 on multiples or bet builders and receive a £2 free bet to use on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's apply. To Germany then and a massive game on Saturday evening between Borussia Dortmund and RB Leipzig. Dortmund six points off top spot, not completely out of the title race just yet. Uh, Leipzig aren't yet certain of a place in the top four despite their massive improvement in 2022. Market's not looking great for Erling Haaland. It looks as though he might miss this one, although they haven't completely ruled him out. What's your take on this? Dortmund, the favourites, and generally the quirk of this fixture is that it doesn't matter how badly Dortmund are doing or how well Leipzig are doing, Dortmund seem to find a way against Leipzig in general. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange narrative, but yeah, you're right. Absolutely massive match this. Um, Dortmund still believe they do have a chance to real buying in. Uh, I think they lost that opportunity when they dropped points at Mainz in their game in hand. But you know, it's not impossible. Uh, they'll still believe, and I think there's it's all set up to be a cracker. You mentioned Leipzig going great guns under Tedesco and very much looking you know very strong now for a top four finish, particularly with key injuries for for Leverkusen as well. So you know, both sides have a lot to play for, which is always encouraging. Um, but yeah, I thought rather than just having to sort of side of either the team, I've, I've worked on the assumption there's going to be goals in this game. Um, there almost always is when these two meet and there almost always is when the, the top four meet in the Bundesliga. And uh, Marco Royce is back for Dortmund, which is a big bonus. Um, I hope Haaland will be fit. Obviously, if he is involved, almost guarantees you goals for Dortmund. But um, I think they're still blessed with plenty of attacking players in that team who can cause problems to even the better defences in the division and in Europe as well. Um, but obviously, their, their Achilles heel is defensively, and, and particularly this season, if you look at their results, 20 of 27 uh, featured both teams scoring. So you, you know, you're very rarely going to be involved in a title race if you're allowing uh, so many goals against. But uh, I mentioned it previously, uh, when the top four meet, goals are almost guaranteed. Uh, Bayern, Dortmund, Leverkusen and Leipzig have met nine times in their sort of mini-league an average of 4.78 goals per game in those nine matches. So two three twos, a 1-1, a 2-1, a 3-1, a 4-1, a 4-3, a 5-1 and a 5-2. So all nine games have featured both teams scoring. Eight of those nine went over two and a half goals and six even went over four and a half goals. Um, Dortmund have scored an all bar one Bundesliga game this season. Leipzig have only failed to score five times. Uh, so even despite that sort of dodgy start under De- Jesse Marsh, they were scoring goals. Pretty fluently, defensively, they were a bit of a rabble. And both teams have scored in five of their six trips to the top half as well. Uh, and obviously matches uh, against Dortmund have tended to be really fun affairs as well. So immediately I looked towards over two and a half goals and both teams to score, but it's a little bit short. It's 1.63 uh, on the bet builder. So uh, I thought that's probably understandable, really, considering the goal expectancy is so high and considering the talent on both teams. But 
you can actually boost that price from 1.63 to 1.83. So a reasonable leap by just ticking a goal to be scored in both halves via the bet builder. Um, so effectively, if we're already expecting three goals in this match, the market is expecting around three and a half goals. Um, the likelihood that all of those goals coming in exactly one half is is pretty slim, I imagine. So um, that's certainly an angle. It's one of my strongest angles on this on this game. But um, the alternative is to go back into the old faithful, really, which is to back both teams to score two goals uh, or more, which is 3.8. It's landed in eight of Dortmund's 14 matches against the top half, uh, as well as four of their nine meetings against the top four. And it's also landed in three of the last four meetings between the two teams when they've played uh, in Dortmund as well. So, yeah, take your pick between the two. You've got a, a pretty sort of, a, I think, quite a, a solid 1.83 shot or a more adventurous 3.8 play as well. But, uh, yeah, hopeful for another watchable affair. I think there's plenty of potential in this match. I can see Stinch nodding away there. Stinch, you're a Bundesliga guy. Uh, goals is always a good avenue in the Bundesliga, and this shouldn't really be an exception, should it, this game? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I couldn't. Can't really add too much more. I just think that disparity between the the goals line and the the bet that Mark mentioned with both teams to score two or more goals is is massive. I mean, um, over three goals is one point eight eight. So if you think there's going to be over over if you're backing over three, you're expecting four, and that price would is going to jump from one point eight eight to three point eight if if the goals are, are evenly spread in a match that is nearly uh, is, is a pick'em basically on the Asian handicap. It's a zero ball game. So yeah, the 3.8 uh, gets my vote definitely. Yeah, exciting stuff. Elsewhere in the Bundesliga, by the way, uh, one that I picked out, it's, it's not particularly racy, but Hoffenheim, uh, <laughs> Hoffenheim minus one on the Asian handicap at 1.81 against Bochum. Now, the reason I like that is that Hoffenheim, I think, are going to come up with a reaction. They were atrocious against Hertha just before the international break, but at home, they've been excellent this season. Borkum, the vast, vast majority of their points have been taken at home. They've had players missing with COVID. I think there's a strange atmosphere around the club right now because their last game was actually abandoned after the assistant referee Christian Gietelmann was hit uh, with a cup of beer. And so the game was abandoned and they ended up losing that game. 2-0. So, Borkum are in great form, especially away from home. Hoffenheim have tended to duff up the bottom half sides uh, at home. So, I'm going to go Hoffenheim minus one on the Asian handicap at 1.81. So, if Hoffenheim win by a goal, you get your stake back. If they win by a bigger margin, which I think they will, then you'll have a decent winner. Stinch, you're making your regular dip into the waters of the EFL for us. Yeah, I mean, I think all leagues now is uh, we're getting to the crux of the season and um, April, honestly, April's nearly like every day we've got like a, either a top competition in the league or, or top comp cup competition so yeah every league getting really really excited I'm really really excited um, I think we've done quite well in the the football league of, of recently I think Jake last time he put up MK Dons against Cambridge had a, uh, a lots of joy with Oxford um, so yeah I think I found the candidate for probably the worst odds for a team to win a game of football on this entire weekend coupon and that's Stevenage to win at 1.75 looks an absolutely shocking price to me I mean Mark's probably more of an expert for, than me so I'd be interested to hear his opinion um, but yeah this is this is a huge game at the bottom of League 2 between Stevenage and Oldham this is second bottom v third bottom how how can Stevenage be big odds on favourites not you know they're not 
10 to 11 or or 4 to 5 they're 1.75 just looks an absolutely shocking price to me um, they're both level on 34 points so this is likely the the re remaining relegation spot that they're battling for um, Stevenage have failed to win their last 10 losing seven of them and Oldham have lost six of their last seven but crucially they got a huge 2-0 win against Leighton Orient on Tuesday and it's actually only six defeats in 15 so in my mind I think they're probably should be seen as sort of 50-50 in ability, really. And that would mean, in, in my mind, Stevenage should be closer to about sort of 6-5. to five. So it, it, it kind of baffles me what, what's going on with the, with the odds here. And to throw sort of further, um, sort of mud, to sort of kind of further muddy the waters, I would say that there is a lot of volatility because Stevenage has just got a new manager, um, the famous Steve Evans. He took his first uh, game last week, which he lost. And if you look back to his time at Gillingham, he's now won just two games of his last 21 in football and they've scored just 14 goals. So I'm going to say that perhaps his his dark arts, if you like, aren't working anymore. And aren't all, if you go to a new team, I don't think all of a sudden you're going to be able to implement, you know, these dark arts, if you like, uh, um, a style of play. Um, in order to all of a sudden, I just don't know wh why anybody thinks all of a sudden Stevenage is suddenly going to win a game of football. So yeah, I think laying Stevenage around about 1.95 on the exchange is, is the way to go. Yeah, I don't think they should be odds on to win this football match. Fair to say that Evans has been a somewhat divisive character down the years. Uh, Mark, are, are you with Stinch on that one? Have you got a view on this? Because it does seem that Stevenage are awfully short given what Stinch has outlined there. 100%, yeah. I think it's just a, a muddled sort of um, leadership at Stevenage at the minute because they're jumping from, from coach to coach with completely different sort of mindsets and, and style, styles, you know, from Paul Tisdale to Steve Evans. It's it's quite a leap, really, and uh, I'm very much interested to see what goes on in the dugouts between Steve Evans and John Sheridan, uh, two of the sort of uh, more vociferous <laughs> coaches, shall we say, in, in the Football League. But, yeah, I completely agree. Um, if you look through the form tables, whether it's four, eight, 12, 16 games, Oldham are above Stevenage and uh, John Sheridan's kind of reeled them in from being completely on the brink to now into the chance of survival. Uh, they're cause, calling it another Shez uh, erection. Uh, he's done it before in the past and, uh, you know, Oldham very much in the in the shout now to survive, which is a testament to his ability to sort of uh, go back into Boundary Park and, and sort of revive their fortunes, really. Whereas Stevenage, you mentioned Evans and, and his spell at Gillingham. Uh, he's not often had opportunity to sort of save teams from relegation. He's always been kind of punching at the, the opposite end of the table. So this is requiring a different sort of mindset, a different kind of skill set, I think. And, uh, you know, the jury's definitely out after that ter terrible spell at Gillingham because you look at the sort of uh, performances they put in since he's departed and Neil Harris has gone in there, chalk and cheese, really. So, yeah, um, very difficult game to... To, to see why Stevenage should be so short. Uh, I completely agree with Stinch. I think these two should be much graded closer, which would be sort of a 2.3 shot if you were looking to back Stevenage. Certainly not an odds-on play. I used to interview Sheridan on Club Call. Let's just say he kept you on your toes. He was never, <laughs> Plenty of bleeps probably required. He was rarely the happiest interviewee, truth be <laughs> told. It might just have been my interviewing style. Who knows? Uh, Serie A has been a regular source of profit for us this season, Mark. And it is almost the law now that we have to feature a Sassuolo away game. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, it's rinse and repeat, really, from what I talked about with the, the Dortmund-Leipzig game. And it's, it's hard not to be, really, because uh, I'll start with Lazio. Um, they're looking to bounce back after the Derby defeat uh, against Roma before the international break. which was, They were really poor, weren't they? Really they were, awful in that um, game. Absolutely thrashed, and uh, you know they have improved uh, quite considerably as a defensive unit under Maurizio Sarri. But they were torn apart, ruthlessly exposed. Um, they need a reaction here because they offered nothing going forward, uh, defensively hopeless. And um, I think we will get it. They tend to be better at uh, when they're sort of playing at home. I know they were in the derby, but um, expectations are high now. Um, their games this season averaged three point four three goals. The only team in the league to feature more goals per game is, of course, Sassuolo with 3.47. Um, 80% of their matches have featured both teams scoring. They've scored in 26 of 30 and kept just three clean sheets. And we've talked about it a few times before, but they just relish the games against the big teams. They've already won at Inter. They've already won at Milan. They've already won at Juventus. They've also held Napoli and Roma at home. And they've scored twice or more in 11 of 15 away days, which is just remarkable, really. And um, we know Italy had a a torrid time during the international break. But during the second match uh, they played, which was a friendly against Italy, um, a couple of Sassuolo's key players performed really well. Raspadori scored. Um, So he'll be coming back full of confidence and and kind of pleased with himself. And we talk about that front three. They're capable of scoring goals against any defence. So... I completely expect them to make their mark um, and I expect them to score and uh, I think Lazio will score as well. So immediately you've got a both teams to score angle, chuck in over two and a half goals and add in that a goal scored in both uh, halves option and you're getting close to 1.9, 1.88, which really appeals. Uh, the reverse game saw this wager bank, uh, 37 of 60, that's 62% of the two teams combined matches in the league have featured over two and a half goals and both teams scoring. Uh, and again, it just requires just one goal in either half rather than all of the goals to come in in one period. But also, if you want to push the boundaries again and back the bigger price, again, the goal line is set at, at three. Uh, so the market is expecting over three goals. Three and a half is what the expectations are at. You can back both teams to score two goals or more at three to one on the sportsbook, which does appeal to. We love Sassuolo on this show. They're what Atalanta used to be. They are very much the new Atalanta's great Atalanta. God, so those ex- were the days. Oh, yes, I remember them well. <laughs> the, the days when you wanted Gasparini to be your granddad, <laughs> as I seem to recall. Uh, Mark, you also have a La Liga fancy for us. Yeah, um, six-pointer at the bottom. Getafe against Mallorca. Three points between the two teams. Getafe are in 15th. Mallorca in the final relegation place. Uh, it would suggest that the two teams are, are very closely um, competing at the moment, but uh, I don't think that is the case. I think the two teams have gone in completely opposite directions since the autumn, really, and the market's not really sort of catching up with it too quick. Um, understandably, we're in a bit of a dogfight, um, the market's expecting a grind to the goal line set at two. The goal expectancy is very, very low. Probably going to be a bit of a bloodbath as well, knowing these two teams. But um, I think Getafe have come such a long way under Kike Sancho Flores. Um, winless in their first 11 games. They only drew three of those 11 and lost eight. Uh, they lost their opening seven, actually. But since Flores has come in, um, just worked wonders, really. Five defeats, six wins, eight draws. The majority of their best work has been done at the Coliseum. Unbeaten in nine, winning six of those keeping six clean sheets and scoring 17 goals, downing Real Madrid at home as well. Uh, And actually across their last 19 league games, they've conceded twice or more just four times. So 
I have drawn four of the last six, and I think when you do have a very, very low goal expectancy and a bit of a six-pointer, it's always smart to keep the, the draw on side as well. So I'll take Getafe minus a quarter on the Asian handicap at 1.83. It just means if the game is a draw, we only lose half of our stake. But I do expect them to put in a, a decent shift here because Mallorca are just trending in the complete opposite direction. They've lost the last six. They've lost 10 of 12. They've won four of 26 going back to September. Away from home, they've lost 10 of 14. Conceded twice or more in nine of those, failed to score in seven of their last 11. My ratings have them ranked as the worst team away from home in Spain, and they're facing a Getafe team ranked seventh on expected points over the last 16 games. Uh, and actually, if you look at just points earned, Getafe would be ninth since uh, Kike Sanchez Flores took charge with the third best defence in the league. Drill down to just home games, they're ranked fifth. Uh, and actually across the same sort of sample, Mallorca are ranked second bottom in terms of points earned as well. So these two teams have definitely gone in different directions, but keep the draw on side too. So Getafe minus a quarter on the Asian handicap. If you've got a game like that, Mark, where you think, OK, this might be really tight, but I just don't think Getafe are going to lose it. Is it ever worth looking at the sports book and chucking in a Getafe draw double chance with something like an under three and a half or under two and a half goals, something like that? Yeah, that is that is the other, other option, uh, the other way to play it. Um, I just went with the price play here. I think uh, it's nice enough as it is. But yeah, ten, it, obviously I'm backing on the exchange, so the prices do tend to be slightly more advantageous. But you can go towards a sportsbook back, do, double chance, and probably under three and a half goals just to be safe. Uh, but the price will be quite low as well. Yeah, but yeah, you're getting a full payout if uh, if they avoid defeat and there's three fewer than three goals and. Anyone who knows Catafe, whether it's uh, Bordalas's team or Kike Sanchez Flores' team, knows matches tend to be quite tight affairs too. So, yeah, that's the, uh, the alternative. And often brutal games, which are the games <laughs> that Mark likes. Is what we're best. hoping for. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, now it's time for the world famous podcast Treble, a feature so revered that in discussions for their latest potential comeback, Take That actually considered replacing Mark Owen with Mark O'Hare, which <laughs> would have been one of the great showbiz moments, but sadly, uh, it is not going to happen. Mark has other commitments. Uh, how this works is the three of us each come up with a selection ahead of the weekend's action and our lovely traders wrap them up in a boosted treble i'm gonna go first because i can uh, i'm gonna go for both teams to score in leeds against southampton at 1.6 now both teams to score has landed in 16 of southampton's last 20 games uh, if you look at uh, leeds is 34 games in all competitions it's landed 19 times jesse marsh is the kind of coach who wants to attack primarily and leeds haven't managed to clean sheet since november stinch i'm going to go with you next um, i'm gonna hopefully boost up the price a little bit and take um a really really comfortable win at turf more won't it be for man city I mean, they'll they'll go into the game sat second and there'll be no pressure on them and they'll just convincingly <laughs> win at Turf Moor, won't they? So, yep, easy one. And Mark, take us home. Uh, I'll go Super Sunday West Ham to beat a dreadful Everton team when they play away from home. So, I uh, expect a home win there. Uh, is that what we now uh, we've changed Everton's name to a dreadful Everton team <laughs> rather than just having them uh, as Everton and uh, as we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss in the Sunday show uh, Everton are 
really, really poor, especially away from home. We're also going to talk about the World Cup, by the way, in that Sunday show. But that's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Loads of great content on our website, betting.betfair.com. We've got dedicated previews of every single Premier League game. We've got EFL stuff, including uh, all of the best bets from the Championship. We've got Liga, Bundesliga, La Liga, you name it. From Mark, from Steve Chan, from me. It's goodbye for now.